0: Father God, we pray that your kingdom would come in the house this morning, that you would bring order where there is chaos, that you would bring presence where there is a loneliness, uh, that you would fill uh, questions uh, with answers, uh, and that you would fill our yearning with meaning. Uh, we pray for our ministering angels uh, in the room that even now you'd begin to uh, touch us in places that need to be empowered, need to be healed. We pray that as your word goes forth this morning, things would be created, not just revealed. Um, in Jesus' name, uh, we incline our hearts to you. Amen. I hope, uh, if necessary, that one of your New Year's resolution, rev- resolutions is to is to come to church. Um, Maybe some of you are here um, because you just felt like the Lord uh, called you back to church and, and you've made the resolution uh, to be part of uh, uh, an ohana of faith, uh, which I think is a, is a great resolution. But here's your warm-up question uh, for the day. Uh, what is a good reason to come to church? It's a good reason to come to church. Think about it. I will give you eight seconds for brilliance. It's a good reason to come to church. All right, share your answer with the uh, friend or stranger next to you. They're all wearing name tags, supposedly, so you should be able to be, like, super friendly. What's a good reason to come to church? What you got? What's a good reason to come to church? Let me know. Shout it out. Community. Community. Now, that's a loaded word because it means so much, right? Just to have people in your life. What else? worship. Worship. It's a place of worship. Of course, that could happen anywhere, right? But there's something about worshiping in community that perhaps is especially advantageous. What else? Obedience. Because uh, the pastor said, come to church. Is that? No, that's not what you meant? No? <laughs> Obedience. Oh, to God? Because uh, uh, he says, do not forsake the assembly. Come to church. Uh, gather in a, in a regular sort of way. Uh, most, most of our answers, when you think about it, uh, to do with coming to church, have to do uh, with doing stuff together. I mean, whatever, whatever it is that you name, what makes church, assembly, ecclesia, the Greek word, uh, special, is that we get to do it uh, together. When the Bible talks about that thing which we came to call church, it describes this, this organism, this gathering of, of individuals, that is filled with purpose and strengthening, I don't think you come to church uh, for any reason other than to leave church stronger than when you showed up. And if you do it right, you don't just leave stronger, but you have strengthened someone else before you go. And there's a sermon that we preach very often at Blue Water. You don't just come to get strong, but when you come, you better make someone else strong while you're here. Because That's gathering, right? That's gathering. That is the reason that we have to be uh, together to minister one to uh, another. Uh, In Corinthians, Paul, when he was talking uh, to the church in Corinth about church, he said, hey guys, when you come together, each of you has a, a hymn, a song to sing, or a word of instruction, or a revelation, or a tongue, or an interpretation, everybody brings game. All of this must be done so the church may be built up, he said. In other words, all the pieces have to be active if you want the whole thing to grow strong like it should. It's not just one person or one small group of people ministering. Everybody has to minister. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And that was his philosophy of church, that this is a gathering of ministers. We need uh, each other. It, this keeps us anchored. It keeps us sane when we go into, uh, out into the world uh, with people who are not necessarily trying to follow the ways of the Lord in faith. And there's that word revelation that when you come together, different ones of you will bring revelation or will bring prophecies. And revelation really helps. It's a way to hear from God directly directly. Through one another. In life, we hear from God directly, and we hear from God directly for someone else. And that's called the ministry of prophecy. Listening together, listening together is how it should work uh, in a church. And that's what we're going to do uh, this morning. Look, we follow the Lord, right? At least most of us here, we consider ourselves followers. We follow the Lord. We follow the Lord. We follow Him. We don't just follow some idea about Him, right? I mean, it's great to know about God. It's great to know the stories about God. But we follow God, not just the stories uh, about Him. We interact with Him. We have some relationship with Him. So from time to time, it's going to be really useful to converse with Him because it's, my wife always points out to me, conversation is the basis of relationship. And, you know, you have to talk no matter how introverted and withdrawn. Um, and the same is true of the Lord. You have to converse with the Lord, uh, which means talking to him and also listening uh, to what he says to you. He does talk. You know, do we listen? And in what ways should we listen? Uh, to the here and now direct voice of the Lord. In in life, you know, Scripture, the stories in the Bible, those things are kind of like my foundation for understanding uh, God. But prophecy and hearing directly from the Lord or having someone else hear directly from the Lord for me and sharing it with me, that here and now, real-time hearing from the Lord, that has shaped my life, right? The Scripture is the foundation, but prophecy is is really the only explanation for why my life looks like it does uh, specifically. Um, we have, uh, my wife and I, in the course of our marriage, uh, started ministries and, and, and planted churches uh, just because the Lord uh, said so. Uh, my wife had a dream back in the days when we were living in Chicago one cold night. She dreamt of our living room uh, and tree, a tree was being, uh, was sprouting from our living room floor in, uh, in biblical symbolism trees are about ministries or the works of the Lord uh, and so in response to that dream we started a Bible study in our living room we just you know, invited people randomly uh, from campus and friends that we had made and that Bible study grew and grew and overflowed our living room and became a church and, and this past year we traveled back to Chicago to celebrate the 20th anniversary of that church which is still there as ministered to you know, hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. And what she could have done is rolled over and gone back to sleep and ignored it. Uh, But instead, she recognized it as the here and now voice of the Lord. And the rest is, you know, sort of history. There's purpose in our life as the result of us responding to something that the Lord said in a dream. That's a good story about what a life is like when it listens to the Lord, right? He'll say stuff. You'll respond to it. You'll get stories as a result. Purpose will happen as a result. Now that's following the Lord and not just adhering to stories that you've heard about Him. You get the difference? Uh, We came back to the island after I was done with all my schooling because of a word from the Lord. Uh, The name of this church, Blue Water, came from uh, a series of dreams and words that a bunch of people had independently during the same week. And I think that term blue water has lent itself to establishing a sort of culture. We call ourselves blue water because it's a sailing term that means to be out in the deep water, far from land, where either God sends a wind or you're in in deep trouble to live a life of adventure and reliance on the Lord. And, you know, that's really influenced our culture. That all came from a word from the Lord. I was thinking recently um, that... Many, many, many years ago, uh, I got a word about having uh, children. You know, the Lord speaking to me about my future and said it would involve children and how important that was to Sonia and to me over the years because we had seven miscarriages before we had Jojo. And just to kind of have that word in the back of our minds, it's like, no, we're going to keep hoping. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to keep on this uh, because we believe uh, someday the word of the Lord for us will be fulfilled. We had some confidence in it. There was no guarantee, because that's not how these things work. We felt, no, we feel like the Lord is in this. Uh, And, uh, you know, there she is doodily on her hand while her father preaches. Fulfillment. And then we had another. Um the design of life is such that we don't get full conversation with God, right? We don't get to sit with him and pick his brain and have him make everything clear and obvious to us. God talks to us, but he talks to us in a way that always requires a little extra faith to hear. That's the rule. That's the way uh, he does things. And a couple scriptures in your program I'll read really quick before we get started. And then what I want to do is invite some prophetically talented people up here, and they're just going to call individuals out and give you some words that they feel like the Lord is speaking to you this morning. From chapter 1 of the book of Jeremiah, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Uh, Jeremiah, this is the beginning of the story of Jeremiah, and it's his call. The Lord is speaking uh, to, this, to this guy, Jeremiah, who at the time was just a teenager probably. Probably. And, uh, and it's like Jeremiah's first conversation with the Lord, as far as we can tell. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Okay, so this is really impressive. The kid is having some sort of a vision with the Lord, and he sees the Lord reach out and touch his mouth and, and call him, to, to prophesy on a national and international level. This is a really big idea. There, there, there is no bigger prophet in the Bible than Jeremiah. As big as they get. As, as gifted and called a man as we get in the Bible. But what follows is what interests me. After that incredible calling, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Uh, I see the branch of an almond tree. I replied. The Lord said to me, "You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled." What? What, what does that mean? And, and to interpret this passage correctly, you need to know that in Hebrew, the word for watching sounds like the word for almond tree. Uh, so when Jeremiah says, "I see the branch of an almond tree," it's it's like I see the branch of a watching tree. It, it's, it's a pun. It's a pun. As if the Lord said, Hey, Jordan, what do you see? And I say, Oh, I see a tree branch. And the Lord responds, Exactly, because it's time to branch out. Ha, ha, ha. Get it? It's a little, little joke. And uh, remember, the kid was just a teenager. This was like his first interaction with the Lord. The Lord was being a little humorous and punny with him, probably set him at ease. It was a fantastic first interaction for, uh, for a great prophet. But It's symbolic. And what I love about this story is that Jeremiah is like the great prophet, Jeremiah, as great as any prophet has ever been. And the Lord has to take him to school and say, Look, I'm going to speak to you in mysterious ways. I'm going to use symbols and puns and riddles. And then you're going to have to figure it out. And I'm going to teach you your alphabet. Right? I'm not going to speak super plainly all the time. It's going to be like this. There's going to be some personality to it. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting away from the north. So, so Jeremiah sees a, a pot of boiling water being poured out, but he also understands somehow that it's from the north, even though he's just imagining the scene So there's a little piece of knowledge along with his vision. So like his words are deepening, but they're still super symbolic. And the Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. Again, there's a symbolic interpretation. Jeremiah had to learn the symbolic language of the Lord, had to learn that the Lord spoke in riddles. That was part of his early training. And I think in some way, shape or form, it's always like that for us. The Lord will speak in a way that we then have to interpret, that we have to figure out. It's not super plain. Why? Well, because the Lord uh, wants us to have to follow up with him. The Lord wants us to deepen the conversation with him before we understand fully. There's always a, was that you? What did that mean? All right. Tell me what the interpretation is. Let me think about it. Let me, now I get it. Now I get it. But did I get it right, Lord? can you confirm this? Can you, and, and it's never just a word, it's always a conversation. And maybe you've heard that God is really a relational, and the way that he speaks shows it. You always have to lean in a little further. You always have to pursue relationship a little further. You get it? Now, uh, in the old days, You know, the Holy Spirit just made cameo appearances, poured himself out on special people like Jeremiah, one or two or three a generation. There was never too many of them, a handful at most. Uh, But in the day of the New Testament, the day of the Holy Spirit in which we live, the Spirit has been poured out on everyone. Uh, The Scripture says, in those days, in these days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh and Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will have vision, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will all prophesy. Now, old, young, male, female, everybody gets to hear from the Lord for himself or herself. That's the age that we live in, snaps for God, that's really cool, that makes for an exciting life. Uh, but still, the Lord will speak to you in a way that's a little mysterious. Here's the advantage. If everybody can now hear from God, that means we can hear from God together. So if I see something, I kind of think I I understand it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was from the Lord. And four or five of you will come up to me randomly and say, Hey, I saw this thing. I was praying about you, and the Lord showed me this thing. And I'm like, that's exactly what I saw. And that's called confirmation. Now we get to help each other, uh, lean into the Lord together, and that does two things. One, it deepens our relationship to the Lord, and two, it deepens our relationship with one another. That's a great reason to come to church. Church should be a place where we work together to listen to the real-time voice of the Lord, and it makes for really interesting prophetic lives. Are you feeling it? And so every Blue Water Service pretty much, we set aside a little time just to kind of hear from prophetically gifted people or to, like, just pray for one another and see what the Lord says in real time, because that's kind of, I mean, it's how it's supposed to work. That's what the Bible says to do. From First Corinthians 14, Paul, again, describing how church services should work. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. You see, everybody's working together. you got a few gifted people. Everybody's kind of listening together, weighing things, feeling like, oh, I've got the interpretation right. We've confirmed one another. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. I'm going to stop here in a second. Um, uh, For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. In other words, no one person is going to hear everything and have everything. This is a community uh, effort. Uh, so the way we do it at Blue Water is that we have you know, a few people that have a great track record that are truly gifted in this area and we'll have them share. Everybody is going to weigh what's being said. Toward the end, we'll have other people who have really been practicing and ministering. They will come up and share as well. From time to time, the team will work together. But always, you know... This is a group effort, and if somebody calls you out and shares something with you this morning, and you're like, "Ah, I don't really feel like that's right, then you throw it in the wastebasket on the way out. No harm done. Nobody's perfect, because the rule about prophecy is this. It's relatively easy to get. It's relatively easy to hear something or feel something or see something, but it's harder to interpret it correctly. The branch of an almond tree, what? What? And maybe you need the Lord to explain it. So interpretation is hard. It's harder still to apply it to life correctly and robustly. Because the point of these words, again, is to make it happen. The Lord says, start a ministry in your living room to me and Sonia. That took months and months to do. I guarantee you that along the trail we had occasion to question ourselves. Did we get that right? (laughs) Applying it. Is where the rubber meets the road it's also where life gets really interesting Um, and I bless you all I hope it sounds like a blessing and not a curse to have interesting lives with God lives that are shaped by the here and now voice of the Lord because you don't follow stories about the Lord you follow a living God and he's worth listening to and he has a purpose and call for your life it might be 10 years in the making 20 years in the waiting as was the case with with uh, Jeff Coe, but there's always something uh, that he's unfolding.